Is your marriage taking strain amid the uncertainty of COVID-19? Is your family life suddenly full of arguments? Hello, I'm Professor Adele Gascoigne, a social scientist and editor of Wild Sunshine magazine. In this episode, I want to talk to you about conflict. During the pandemic, families have been forced to stay cooped up at home for lengthy periods, causing a lot of frustration, which resulted in more spousal disagreements, sibling rivalry and family upheaval than usual. Many families suffered loss of income, adding to stress and fear of the future, and it became all too easy to lash out at loved ones as we struggled to cope and make sense of it all. Today, I want to look at family communication and emotional action planning as a means of conflict resolution so that we can regain equilibrium, that inner peace we all crave, and restore harmony to our marriages and home life. Conflict is a normal part of everyday life, and although people tend to dislike it, conflict that is well managed has a few positive functions too. During a conflict, people will realize what is truly important to them. People will express not only their feelings, which are their thoughts about a situation or problem, but their needs and values. If handled correctly, conflict creates understanding and forges strong bonds. If it is handled wrong though, then sadly relationships can be broken seemingly beyond repair. We should strive to manage conflict with a positive and relationship-strengthening impact in mind instead of for destruction. Although I will be speaking with marriage and home life in mind, the tools we cover today are equally applicable to our workplace and community life. quality of our family relationships is essential to our well-being. Great communication forms an important part of that. There are four core components impacting healthy family functioning, namely social cohesion, social support, communication and problem solving. Social cohesion refers to the family's commitment to one another and sense of belonging. This togetherness fosters loyalty and a sense of safety in the family unit. Social support refers to the practical and emotional support members of the family give one another. Support adds a sense of self-esteem and serves as a springboard for achievement. Communication is how well the family communicates and share their thoughts, emotions, our hopes, dreams, fears, struggles and successes. Honest and intimate communication creates a sense of being understood and accepted that is essential for our overall well-being. Problem solving refers to how well the family, as a unit, discuss and solve problems together. In the context of marriage, I also want to add goal setting as part of healthy functioning. It is very frustrating when marriage partners have divergent goals or one has an important goal for the benefit of the family, like working for an own home or better living conditions, and the other is unsupportive or downright sabotaging efforts to meet the goal. 
be clear on what your goals are as a couple and family. In the next section, I want to talk about social support. Social support is so important for our well-being, mentally, emotionally and physically, that it has been scientifically proven to outweigh other lifestyle choices impacting longevity like smoking, exercise and diet. Having emotional support has been found to reduce the likelihood of mental illness like depression. It also improves one's chances of better self-care through improved diet, exercise and regular medical checkups. Social support goes well beyond one's own household and strong relationships with colleagues and friends should be counted among these. In my own life, I have found that a close friend who makes one feel heard and understood can also offer a different perspective to one's views, encouraging one to take action towards positive long-term outcomes. A word of warning is also in order. You should guard against people who yes and amen everything you say, without encouraging you to examine the other party's perspective, especially if it keeps you locked into a negative view and negative behavior towards others. In the next section, I want to talk about communication in the family. It is important for spouses to agree on certain rights that form the basis of communication in the family and to teach these rules of engagement to the kids and other live-in family members. Some basic rights you want to ensure are you have the right to your feelings and to express them. You have a right to ask questions especially about the issues and decisions that affect you. You have a right to ask for change and negotiate for what you want and need. You have a right to take time for yourself to think things through. You have a right to say no. You have a right to fair treatment and respect. You have a right to be heard. It is good to ensure everyone in the family understand these rights and the obligations that come with it. The right to be heard means one needs to also listen to the views of others. It is also good to be aware what the status of communication is within your household and family. Do you have good communication with your spouse, your children, parents and siblings? Who are your confidants? Who are the people who gives you practical help? How available are you as a confidant and helper? If you don't have the kind of relationships and communication you want with your closest family or friends, what are you going to do to improve the relationship? It is a good idea if you draw a diagram showing your communication map. Who are you closest to? To whom are you confident? Is it an equal relationship or somewhat one-sided? For me, a one-sided relationship is if you share your confidence with someone who does not reciprocate. That is okay if you're talking to a minister or registered counsellor, but not so cool if it is your spouse or someone you regard as a close friend. Check where the gaps are on your communication map. If you do not have people you can share with or get help from, decide who you will ask to fill the gap. In the next section, 
I want to talk about emotional action planning as an EQ skill that improves communication and can be used with great effect to resolve conflicts. Emotional intelligence, also known as EQ, has five basic components. Self-awareness, self-management, motivation, also called catalysts, social awareness and social management. Emotional action planning is a tool set I developed that runs across all five of these components. It combines emotional tracking, basic human needs theory, assertiveness and problem solving as the go-to conflict management and resolution tool. Depending on which theory you follow, there are 32 to 45 human emotions. Most people cannot even list this range of human emotions when asked, but it is built into the body's physiological systems. The body knows even if the thinking mind is not aware or lacks the vocabulary. You can read more on emotion and emotional action planning in my books, Making Your Emotions Work For You and Ultimate Truths and Lies that are available on Amazon. In short, the formula for emotional action planning, which is the same as the formula for assertiveness, is I feel when you because. In assertiveness, the gaps are filled in by anything the speaker wishes, but I find that they often just sketch more situational details or feelings after because. To me, this means the speaker has not yet reached the heart of the matter. So in emotional action planning, we will target specific information that we want to put in those places. So in emotional action planning, it will go like this. I feel, and there you'll name one or more of those 45 human emotions. When you, here you will sketch the situation. What did this person do to trigger this emotion? And because... You link the emotion to the basic human need in play. Then you will also add, I want or need. State what you want, whether it is a thing or cooperation from another person. It also helps telling a person what is in it for them, especially if they. you have to negotiate for cooperation. Here is an example of this model in action. I feel angry when you take my perfume from my closet because it makes me feel disrespected and my privacy invaded. I want you to ask me in future and not just help yourself to my stuff. I'm sure you would not like me going through your things without permission, so I hope I can count on you from now on to respect my privacy and ask me if you want something. Emotional Action Planning as a way of communication does not come naturally to us but with practice it gets easier it is worthwhile putting in the effort because it is the most effective way to improve communication and build a healthy relationship bearing the brunt of someone's anger is never pleasant but it is part of life. Learning how to deal with anger constructively is very important for one's happiness and overall health. Emotional action planning is very effective to discover what lies beneath one's own anger. 
to get to the root of the problem and ask for help with the solution. It is also useful to uncover what lies behind other people's anger, even if they have not discovered the root for themselves yet. It is important to listen to what is said and try to avoid getting angry yourself. Truly listen so that you can discern what lies behind the anger. Acknowledging that a person is angry and asking them to clarify why is very useful. Be gentle though and try avoid getting defensive, blaming or shaming. Keep it simple and clarify their thoughts on a matter, the underlying need and what they see as a solution to resolve a matter. Always try to reserve your response until you've had time to reflect and establish the grain of truth in what the other person is saying. The old saying, put yourself in someone else's shoes, certainly applies here. Do not make assumptions. Ask if you understand the issue and underlying need correctly and invite discussion to seek an amiable solution. Learning to say no is a valuable skill. Some ways of saying no is better than others. Years ago, I worked in the returns department of Edgar Stores. We had a smile campaign to make customers feel they were welcome and staff approachable. One customer returned a pair of school shoes that was clearly abused by the wearer and I declined both refund and exchange of the goods. The client was not happy and so I had to call a manager. With a smile that went from ear to ear, he told her, sorry, but I cannot exchange the shoes. Her response was, you don't look very sorry. I had a hard time suppressing my laughter at the time. A common mistake people make is the way they apologize for saying no. It is seldom true regret and not only comes across as false, but it also opens the door to renewed persuasion by the other party. When saying no, make sure your body language corresponds with what you're saying. It helps to also shake your head no and avoid the smile as this would indicate pleasure in saying no, which is likely to give offense. The best way to say no is simply saying no without making excuses. Stick to things like no, I do not have time without a lengthy explanation. If you have a hard time sticking to your no, rather say you need time to consider something. It gives you time. Do not allow people to bully you and end up being resentful about doing work you committed to or coming across as unreliable because you did not honor the forced yes. Do not send mixed signals. Say no and stick to it. The key to a great relationship is commitment plus communication plus support. Relationships take time and effort to build. The only way to ensure that you have the kind of close relationship you want is if you reach out to people, be it at home or at work, to actively build close relationships. There is a risk that you may be rejected, especially when you reach out to new people or those you do not have a great history with but it is a risk worth taking. 
Offering to be there for other people is part of the package, even if they do not take you up on your offer. As the saying goes, no man is an island. People need people. So do yourself a favor and put in the work necessary. Sometimes you will not get the results you want, but at other times, the harvest may exceed your every expectation. This episode was researched, written and narrated by Professor Adele Gascoigne, editor of Wild Sunshine magazine, South African peacewoman, social scientist and prophetess of God with the gift of healing. Adele has a PhD in behavioral sciences and diplomas in personal nutrition and renal therapy. Wild Sunshine Media gratefully acknowledges financial support of South African government's Department of Sport, Arts and Culture to bring you this COVID-19 podcast episode. Wild Sunshine Media is a multimedia company covering traditional publishing, new media and film production. Wild Sunshine Magazine is a monthly lifestyle magazine available on Mangster, our international newsstand of choice. Wild Sunshine Magazine has many great articles on lifestyle including marriage, parenting and health that will help you cope with COVID-19. Get your copy at magster.com today.